everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 556. Today we're going to take a look at Santorini. Now this is a new game from Roxley Games. I believe this was a Kickstarter about a year ago, maybe less. Uh, this is a very interesting theme. The idea is that there's kind of like children's of these uh, Greek gods that are out at play and they're up to no good and Zeus has sort of whisked them away and given them a game to play. And it's actually kind of a nice little almost like a children's storybook included in the game that gives you kind of the setup for it. Uh, but at its heart, it's really a two-player abstract game. Now, you can play it with three or four players, uh, the rules for like teams and so on. I've only played it uh, two players, uh, but it's very, very abstract, but it has a nice little twist to it. Not to spoil my review, but I'm not usually an abstract person, uh, but this one kind of uh, hits me on some different cylinders there. So let's take a look at how it works, and then I will tell you what I think of it. Okay, here's just about everything that you get in the game. And like I said, it comes with this kind of illustrated uh, children's story, just to kind of introduce you to the theme of it. So it's a nice little read there. So it may be a, as a way to get kids interested in this game because uh, at its core, uh, any uh, child, well, according to the box, eight and up can play this, and I certainly think that is the case. So next thing to notice here is this kind of cool uh, 3D board here. If we take a look there, uh, we've got that, you know, sort of floating island type of thing. Now, these are all three uh, different pieces, so it packs away very easily uh, back into the box and assembles very quickly there. Now, as you can see, there's kind of this grid here, and what you're doing is literally building the uh, island city of Santorini, which is a Greek island. Now, the game does play up to four players. I have not played it with any more uh, than two. I'm going to spoil the review a little bit. There's a lot that I haven't done with this game, but there's a lot to this game. And the little bit that we've done, we've played five games of it now, uh, has been awesome. So well, how is this going to work? I'm just going to explain how it works as a two-player game. Uh, you're going to take two pawns in your color. So we've got two gray pawns, one boy and one girl there, and then also two pawns for the other player. So you're gonna choose somebody to go first and they're gonna place out their pawns. The other player's gonna place them out here. And you're just gonna put them anywhere where they're on their own. And then your turn is very, very simple. So what you're gonna do on your turn is you're gonna take and move one of your figures there and you can move to any of the eight adjacent spaces. So you could move diagonally. So let's say we'll move her over here and then you can build in any of the eight adjacent spots. Now, building is going to go in a certain order. So here, there's nothing on the ground, so we're always gonna take, in this case, a floor piece. So maybe she puts it there. And then uh, blue, just for fun, is gonna move over here. And let's say they wanted to also build here, they could build the second stories piece there. So now we have this, and I'm just showing you all the levels here, so maybe we choose to move this one, she moves up here, and then she will build the third level there. And then once again, maybe blue moves here, and then he builds whoops, the top cap piece. So you may end up with different buildings of various different levels, but at most it will be as tall as that, sort of three stories with a little bit of a roof. Now, what is the object of the game? Well, the object of the game is to actually get yourself into a position that you can move up and be on top of that. So if you move any of your figures to that third story, you immediately win the game. The other way that you can win the game is if you force it so that your opponent has no legal move and build. So if they can't move a spot and then build in the spot legally, then they are trapped and then they have lost and you have won. So how do you actually get up here though? Well, let's reverse this down a little bit. Let's take these off to the side and then we'll say it's Gray's turn again. So they're allowed to move over here because it's one of the adjacent spots and you can always move up 
one level. If we had the second level here like this, then we can't move up there because you can't jump up that high. But you can always uh, run up the stairs here. You can see that there and always move up one level on your turn. So you can see you can try to build like, you know, little sort of stared buildings to try to work your way up to the top. You know, maybe you, she, he moves over here and you put this one out there like that. And then she jumps over here on her next turn and puts the second story and you can kind of bounce back and forth and work like little combos there. So that's all fine and dandy. And you could literally just play the game just like that, a pure abstract game. But here is where the fun comes in. We have here this giant stack of cards. Now, my particular edition uh, came with a pre-bundled expansion. So I have some of those uh, mixed in with here and I feel like the game is going to, all the games are going to come with that because as far as I know, I got the retail version. I'm not super clear because I know there were some special Kickstarter editions and all that kind of stuff. But even if it doesn't come with the expansion stuff built in, there's still a ton of cards here. And the expansion also comes with some other components. And I have no idea what these do because as you're going to see here, uh, there's a ton in here. Now, there's a huge stack of cards and what these are special abilities and we have played multiple games here with the first six of these so there's these whole ton of these we have not explored and the way that it works the rules tell you one player will pick uh, one special ability per player so in the case of like a two-player game maybe you pick these two and then the other player will choose from those available so maybe i set these aside here and then billy says i would like to play with artemis and then i'll say well i'll get apollo then and so this is a special ability that you have to break the uh, you know, normal rules of the game. But we, there's nothing stopping us from playing Athena versus Apollo, so to speak, or any combination of all of these. So there's a ton there. So let's just look at these first two. I'm just going to go through the ones uh, that I've actually played. Just to give you kind of a sense of the strategic depth here. Uh, so Athena, or excuse me, Artemis has the ability, when you do a move, you can move twice. So in this case here, uh, let's just put these back a little bit. So if I was blue, I can go boom, boom, and then build around there. So you just break the movement rule just a little bit. And you can immediately see probably, uh, if you think about it a little bit, how powerful that could be. You could get in a situation where uh, you could block somebody off and drop a, you know, uh, over here, go ahead and like drop a cap maybe on top of this, making it so that, uh, you know, they can't ever get to the top. Maybe they're working on a thing, so you can send your guy over there very quickly uh, with this card. And there's a lot of things that you can do here. Now, Apollo is a little bit more subtle, and Apollo allows you to actually trade places with one of your opponent's pieces, because normally they'll block it. You can't move where they're at. So in this case, you could say, oh, I'm going to swap places with you, and now I've gotten out of maybe a jam that I'm in, and I can get out, you know, and try to do some more building elsewhere. So just, you know, playing with these two is going to add a little, that little wrinkle to the game. Let's look at the next one here. Now, Athena is a little bit more interesting. When she moves up a level on her turn, so let's say blue is Athena, boom, she moves up there. That means the other player on their next turn, they can't move up. When they move, they can't go up a level. So that's cool. Now, Atlas here is very crazy. Uh, so Atlas, you can see he can put one of these caps down on any level. He could just put it on the floor and then that creates a blocking space. So effectively, he's able to create blockers very, very easily and annoyingly for the other player. Uh, let's just look at the other two that we played with here. So these two are sort of similar in that Hephaestus, uh, when they build on a spot, they can actually build two. So instead of just putting maybe this one down like that, you could do boom, boom, and then do two at a time. However, 
for your second build, you can't do a dome there. So you can't just, you know, cap somebody off like that. Now this uh, Demeter here, she has a similar thing. She can build twice, but it has to be in two different spots. So if gray were here, let's move that off. And so let's say they moved here. They could put out a floor here and then they could put out the third story here. So they can build in two different spots like that. And so that's all the cards that we've experimented with. Now, right now, our favorites are Atlas because he's just uh, dirty and nasty and also Artemis because it looks like that two movement thing is, is pretty powerful. There's all these different kind of combos and what we've seen is like we'll play, we'll get some new cards and then one of us, I've been playing this with my wife only, and one of us will figure out, oh, okay, boom, I just beat you <laughs> in like 10 minutes because you forgot some kind of cool, interesting little wrinkle to the abstraction and the movement and then you'll be like, okay, well, let's play again and then the next game you're more aware of that, maybe you play more aggressively or defensively to sort of counteract that special ability and then the following game is like a 30, 30 plus minute uh, knockdown drag out kind of to the last block kind of thing. Uh, that's really the basics of the game, and I can't I apologize for not being able to talk about multiplayer or you know a bunch of more of these cards or maybe some of the cool different effects from the expansion. Uh, but let's jump into the review. Okay, so that is Santorini, and I absolutely love this game. Uh, like I said at the beginning, I'm not an abstract usual type of player, but because of the special abilities on these cards here and just the sheer variety of special abilities. I mean, there is, I don't know, I wanna say there's like 100, but there's not. There's probably like 40 or 50 in here though. And just the way you can kind of pit them against each other. I mean, we haven't even dug really far down into these different abilities, which I have no idea what they do. Um, but we could try pitting, you know, Artemis, which is one of our favorites so far. You know, she allows the double movement against various different opponents. Uh, so that's gonna really sort of trick out uh, the wrinkle to the game. Now the production obviously is, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's amazing. They have this 3D board here that you can see. <laughs> There's like no reason for this. They could just have this little simple board here of just this flat piece. And then that's all you need. You don't need a floating island thing. Uh, but they did that and it, you know, kind of adds to the theme, this sort of strange kind of bubble society that these children of the gods are living in where they, you know, you have this floating island, this magical place that they're constructing and, and sort of playing with and they have to build and destroy and build and destroy, uh, kind of lending to the history of, uh, of Santorini there. And um, it's just fantastic. I mean, these, these plastic pieces are nice and thick and solid and uh, they look gorgeous. And Santorini does look like this, you know, it's got that uh, kind of traditional blue and white uh, Greek uh, you know, color scheme there. And uh, it's just fantastic. I mean, it's a pleasure to look at. It's cool to see it kind of build up. And some games will be very weird and there'll be kind of weird little sprouts of buildings. And then other ones will kind of grow naturally and it'll just get very crowded and congested. And some games you're gonna win by making kind of a quick kind of combo and then blocking your opponent off so they can't really get at you. And then you can race to the top and win that way. And then the other way, it's going to be very kind of in your face and really very chess-like where it's like, hmm, okay, I could do this. That's gonna prevent my opponent from doing that, but I might kind of trap myself over here. And so I've gotta be very leery of that. So there's a lot of thought, but the games, like I was saying, they're gonna go from about maybe 10 or so, 15 minutes up until at most, at absolute most, like a 45 minute game. And that would be, one, it would be kind of a more rare occasion I expect. Uh, where you have that knockdown drag out and you're going to win by kind of trapping the other player. I don't expect 
many games to go for the 45 minutes, probably around the 20 to 30 minute mark. And, uh, you know, then I don't think many of the games are actually going to end uh, with trapping the player. We In the five we played, we didn't have any of that. We got somewhere we're close, but then at the end it was like, oh, I got a little combo thing and now you can't do anything because it's you, you're trapped enough that you can still do something, but you can't get at me to stop me from winning. Uh, so it's definitely one of those you got to, you know, think a couple of turns down the road. And like I said, adding this fresh spice to the game is going to really make you kind of sit back and go, okay, how's this going to work? And then you're going to clean my clock and then we're going to say, let's play again because now I see how you worked that special ability and now I'm going to do something about it, <laughs> you know? Uh, so it works really well that way. Uh, I cannot recommend this enough. Again, I apologize for not playing this with more. The rules even say it's really designed to be a two-player abstract game. So, um, it, you know, there's like a team play and there's a way to play with three players. Uh, but like I said, it's this is really a very strong, uh, very, um, you know, the theme of it comes across in a way and sort of the presentation and again, like the art here on these cards is, you know, it's got a nice kind of, you know, chibi type of feel, uh, very friendly ass attitude. So it's not like a, a, a stiff, you know, kind of snotty abstract. You know, you can look at some abstract games and rightly or wrongly, it's kind of rigid and, you know, it feels kind of cold and, and elitist or something. Uh, this doesn't have that feel. This is very inviting. The kids will look at this and go, what is this game? You know, in like that basic simple rule set, they could just pick it up and play and they'll start to kind of grasp some of those spatial, you know, considerations that a, a good abstract will have. Then you just start splashing these cool cards and then away you go. So I can't recommend this uh, highly enough. It's really a surprise. I, I really didn't know what to expect from it. And uh, I just knew it looked pretty. <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's take a look at this. And wow, holy cow, really, really fun. I mean, I think this is one of those like, you know, it's hard to say this definitively, but it's like one of those every gamer should have this game, I think. I think 100%. Everybody should have this in their collection. A nice two-player abstract that, you know, doesn't have a stick up. <laughs> you know, this is just really engaging, inviting, and really strategic and fun. It doesn't take a year. You know, you can play this in a half an hour. So, enough gush. Get it. Thanks.